So, what's up, guys? Not too much. Start, How are you? Start that over again. Okay. Just <laughs> start over. Good lord. All right, take three. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for tuning into the Static Podcast. This is John here, and with Chris and Robert, and tonight's topic is Elvis Costello. Yay! Yay! The long-awaited Elvis Costello show. The much, so this is the much mentioned, and built up. Mentioned. The Chinese Pe- democracy. Yeah, he's show. like, this is going to be the Chinese democracy of our of our podcast career, and I'm like, fuck that! I am not wasting something as good as Chinese democracy on something as good as Elvis Costello. If we're going to have a Chinese democracy, it's going to be the fucking Wilco show. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's actually probably true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is this: it's going to be kind of like the numbers and loss. Every, we're going to talk about the Wil- the Wilco show a lot. And we'll we'll yeah. like reference it, and it'll be important. But we'll it, you'll never actually get to listen to the Wilco show. It'll just be part of our mythology forever. It's gonna, it's be, gonna be even better if, if if we ever decide to hang up. It, we're not gonna announce it. We're not gonna say, "Oh, this is our last podcast." We're gonna come on and do like a shitty episode about whoever, and then we're gonna be like, "Oh, so next time Wilco," and then that's it. Ah, oh, that'd be great. Great idea. Yeah, is, yeah. So, but yeah, Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a guy who plays music. Musician, t- uh, actor. Actor, yes. Writer. Uh, the only thing oh, I've ever seen guy. him uh, act in is in 30 Rock, where he plays art thief Declan McManus. He was on... <laughs> this is his real name. This is his real name. <laughs> he was on the Colbert Christmas special with Feist and... He was in Live Aid. I saw him at Ben once. So, uh, what were your introductions to Elvis Costello? Quickly, go. We'll start with you, John. My introduction to Elvis Costello, I had written a, and I was in a feature writing class, or no, it was actually a personal essay writing class in college, and I'd written something about a guy I described as having Elvis Costello glasses. When I got the essay back from my cool hip reporter, you know, professor who I really admired and looked up to, he had written a little note saying, he's the real true rock. And yeah, Elvis Costello is the rock and roll Elvis. So I checked out his music and I happened to pick up an album where he was doing more of his big band influence jazz stuff. And I was like, nah, so much. No. <laughs> and then 10 years later, and, uh, you know, I'm listening to XRT driving to work and watching the detectives came on and I had to seek out who did such an awesome song. It's Elvis Costello and that's his, his back catalog. What about you, uh, Christopher? When I was in high school, I was in some sort of feature writing class and I had described, uh, you know, this character is wearing Buddy Holly glasses. And I got this note back from my professor who said, uh, I think you mean Elvis Costello glasses. And then he gave me an F. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. And then I went and I listened to some. Right now, Chris. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and I went home and I listened to some Elvis Presley. And he played really good rock and roll. Um, no, I. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of. I, well, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about what my introduction was while you were talking. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've kind of heard him here and there throughout the years, sometimes knowing it was him and sometimes not. 
uh, as we mentioned in the precast, <laughs> which will again be available to gold subscribers. Um, which version of the precast? The gold edition. <laughs> No, not the platinum edition of the precast. This week only, you don't have to pay in Dinosaur Juniors, you just have to pay in spoons. It's true. Eating utensil, the band. The band. How many many spoons are you willing to pay? You also have to be in town, say, not on a vacation this weekend. If you're Uh, available to pay those spoons in person at our headquarters, you get that real real easily but if you've opted out of you know friendship and listenership you know and just society in general for the weekend you know you maybe got to prioritize your life <laughs> i uh i had heard i what would i was gonna say in the precast um i had said that i'd heard a bill murray version of and it might have been on like snl or something of peace, love, and understanding, and he rocked it, and it was really great. And then I went and I listened to the Elvis Costello version, and I was like, "Oh my God, Bill Murray nailed this! He he does Costello's very unique voice like perfectly, um, which is very weird and and kind of uh, kind of awesome and kind of disconcerting. Uh, but it's a great song. And then later, I found out as I was talking with you guys yesterday um, that he did he was commissioned to write the theme song for the TV show. Um, history detectives on PBS. One would assume because it's his, it's the theme song of that show, but um, it is, oh, that's a really good song too. And I've I've heard others throughout the years. Some I've been able to dig right away, and some have taken a listen or two to really appreciate. Um, but that was that was my introduction to him. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, I actually <laughs> I went to welcome. I went to high school with a uh, uh, a gentleman by the name of Jose Costello mm. who looks like he's Elvis Costello's son a Latin version of Elvis Costello and um, he, is. he could be very well and uh, he introduced me to uh, bands such as Captain Beefheart and, and Tom Waits and Elvis Costello and all sorts of other fun stuff and so from there I took it and ran but the first time I remember remember truly really really loving Elvis Costello was the Beastie Boys were slated to play Saturday Night Live one night and I was watching it and they start to play Sabotage and 30 seconds into the song Elvis Costello runs on stage and goes oh we don't we don't want to play that we don't want to play that and then he plays Radio Radio and I was like (laughs) oh that's awesome and then I did research about Elvis Costello and it turns out that like in 78 or 79 the Sex Pistols, or I think it was the Sex Pistols, backed out of playing Saturday Night Live, so they got Elvis Costello, and they asked him to play Less Than Zero, and he comes out, and he starts playing Less Than Zero, and then he stops, and he goes, oh, no, 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 and he played radio, and he got a 10-year ban from Saturday Night Live for doing it, so. Oh. And see, that was the that was the actual incident that I referenced in my essay in college about how it was when I was an artist, I think it'd be cool to create a moment like Elvis Costello did. Which now looking back, I'm like, okay, you can't premeditate a moment like that. That's ridiculous. That, but yeah, that in my 22 year old mind, you know, say I thought, oh, that'd be so cool to do a rock and roll moment on SNL, where I'll just change a song and they won't know what's happening. I'll be so Elvis Costello, and then yeah, that's what happened. Before we get into Elvis Costello, do you feel like I remember from the inception of Saturday Night Live? 
I want to say me personally, up until maybe the mid 2000s, I felt like being a, a musical guest on Saturday Night Live was, was like a tick mark on a checklist, like a little, yeah. little, little checkbox that like it yeah, was definitely. a big deal. And now it seems almost like they throw it to anybody. Well, uh, maybe that's always been true, though. Um, and just we're, you know, kind of mature enough now to, to see that that's their, their thing. And when we're younger, you know, and they play a band that, you know, is, is just hitting stardom or is you know they is a get you know when they get them i think the artists they're they're getting today are are still gets and and important to the the same generation that same age group when we were watching snl it's just we don't really care about those artists as as much and it seems like they're just getting anybody um but it did it did certainly seem like it when you know the 90s or whatever when i was watching snl it's like oh they got fucking beck and, and he, he was amazing to watch on SNL, by the way. <laughs> I haven't watched SNL in like five years. Yeah, I, 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 there. I haven't watched it. Boy, I haven't watched it since fucking maybe I, regularly since the early 90s. But I would catch it from time to time in like the Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon years. I would watch early it. Early 2000s, like early to mid 2000s, yeah. Yeah, I would catch I it occasionally. Up till probably about 06. Yeah. I still, every now and then, if I know there's going to be an artist on there that I really, really want to watch, I, I, I might record it just to catch the band, but more likely than not, I'll just, like, YouTube search yeah. like, two or three days later to see what's going on there, so. I remember I did that when uh, Tweety was on, when, when Wilco was on, when they were promoting Sky Blue Sky. Oh, I and remember they, those shows. Yeah, and they, did, and they did Walkin', I think is what they played, and I, I remember I just recorded it so that I... <laughs> wouldn't have to but, sit and isn't watch it also SNL. true that like the musical acts used to do two songs and now I think they only do one is that true no they I, the I last time I watched they two. did two they did two okay well they're not well, gonna I, you, it makes sense because you don't want to write that much material if you could just have another you know 20 minute break in which a musical artist is just gonna do their thing you would take it right yeah I mean it, it saves you like at least five to seven minutes of material that you can either re- like workshop for the next episode or you just don't have to have anything yeah. to fill time and you can put forth your best show. Or whatever SNL puts yeah, out. Right. <laughs> so. Well, the interesting thing about the SNL connection is my parents, I mean, they were the demographic for the original SNL and they watched it through the 80s and through the 90s. I mean, I remember my parents watching SNL even in the Chris Farley era and, you know, the David Spade and all that, Chris Rock, you know, that mm-hmm. whole 90s era. And I distinctly remember the last time my parents mentioned, even brought up watching modern SNL was when Kanye West did um, a set during his 808s and Heartbreaks album. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> and that was the end of it. That's it's like Bruce Saturday Night Live. They've never mentioned it since then. That's interesting. Kanye West ruined Saturday Night Live for my parents. Oh, speaking of which, I had a just just to end this. Uh, what do you call them? Crowbars. <laughs> uh, we could call it uh, a, a tandem. I Tan- had something else I was going to talk about with Kanye West now, but go ahead. <laughs> about SNL, um, I think no, it was on the yeah. last podcast. You mentioned. I think I want to say this is true that. 
um, everybody feels like the, the SNL that they watched growing is up the is best. right. And so I disagree. I, I wanted to disagree with it at the time, but then I thought I, this is completely irrelevant to the conversation and I don't want to just seem like a prick, but I've been thinking about it for a week. Okay. Um, and so, no, I don't think the one that I had growing up was, was my favorite SNL. Um, Why is that? Because it wasn't as good as the '70s SNL with the the Steve Martin and the you know the uh, uh, Belushi and and that I think that was better <laughs> SNL. Oh, wait, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> let me go ahead and uh, put this asterisk or caveat on that. When you say that, I honestly believe you because I know you are the type of person that would do the legwork and go back and yeah. watch all of the older episodes, and I agree with you. I'm not maybe not so much the 70s I love Steve Martin and everything like that but I was a big fan of like the early to mid 80s maybe even late 80s uh, episodes of Saturday Night Live I thought those were absolutely hysterical um, and even in, back into the 70s as well but most people who you talk to they're not going to put in the legwork they're not going to put in the time to genuinely go back and try to understand comedy at that time or try to understand the the, the the society or anything like that they're just going to be like oh this is the best stuff and to a, to a point I agree because I agree because you can turn on any set of the night live when you were a teenager or into your early 20s and you'll be like I understand this immediately I relate to it this is the humor that's aimed at me so on and so forth mm -hmm. but then you have a, another layer of people who will be like oh I love going back and watching Gilda Radner mm -hmm. on uh, Weekend Update you know the first time they said the word bitch on air she turns to or Dan Aykroyd turns to Gilda Radner and goes shut up you bitch or something like that and everyone was like oh my god <laughs> but then Dan Aykroyd just played it off put a cigarette in his mouth and get right on talking like he's a boss or something you know like people <laughs> won't understand why that's so important in society <laughs> well and i'm the guy that doesn't care and won't go back and watch any of it because you know the 90s was where it was at that's all the guy the who's definitive up. definitively the 80s music expert on our show <laughs> pretty much that's, i'm comfortable with nostalgia that. john <laughs> picking out elvis costello for this week <laughs> so yeah, Elvis Costello, because we can keep talking about anything else but Elvis Costello. You would think with the extra week we had, we would know a lot more about this, but we don't. Yeah, that's true. I I do have I have talking points. Um, I know Robert has post-it notes, but uh, as we said in I've the pre-chat, I've actually graduated. I have a notebook now. I don't want to hear little... it. I don't want to hear it. I'm gonna pretend, still pretend that you have. Fell out. Yeah. Fell out. <laughs> all the fan the fan mail that you get they're like oh you should i'm sure you're getting like endorsements now what brand notebook do you use robert into it that i stole when my on my last day there damn it robert <laughs> <laughs> oh. how dare you bring up that name oh. um but john is I, the resident I'm expert go... so yeah uh, I'm going to go with the first thing that I noticed immediately jumping through John's half-assed list. Completely quarter-assed. I guess it was a little half-assed. I was, I, was, I was able to pull that together pretty quickly because those are the songs that immediately came in my head. Anybody could put four songs on a playlist and and <laughs> send it to two people. Here's four, four songs. Um, so, so Christopher, I'm going to fact check you right right now. Uh, Christopher, wow, uh, sixteen songs, fifty six minutes. Oh, so it's a punk album. 
<laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> 16 songs, 12 minutes. 56 minutes. All right. Relax. But no, I was able to put it together so quickly because these are actually the songs that I listen to when I listen to Elvis Costello. Yeah, it did seem, because it's funny, because yeah, I, I listened to it a couple times through, and then I did just ever so little prep on the on the internet um going through his discography and i was like holy fuck there's a lot here that i didn't get to listen to on this playlist i wonder what's going on with all of that um and no no fault of your own john i mean it's a beautiful long and and heartfelt playlist you made um but it's it's (laughs) but there's you know i guess um it was effective because it makes me want to go out now and listen to tracks off these albums that um that I didn't that I didn't that weren't featured on the playlist as prominently, especially um in the past decade. Like it seemed like it was really heavy yeah, on you know early stuff, and then uh '90s, '80s, '90s Costello, um and then everything like post 2000. I think there was like three tracks, you know, and one of them was on a collab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I I was gonna say um. I immediately, I mean, going back to when I first heard them, or heard him, I should say, he had this always, you know, this sort of punk new wave feel. But, John? Christopher? What? We lost John. No, he's there. He just doesn't care. Oh, okay. No, it told me (laughs) that he was gone. Oh, did it? Oh, did it? Yeah. Did he say something specific? But I'm here. Well, uh, clearly that's not the truth. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, jumping through the list that John gave us, it, it touched on everything. Stuff that, that I didn't know that Elvis Costello had done. You get your like punk and your, your rock there. But he also has like some pop songs in there. He has almost a ska feel on a couple of songs. Yeah. I didn't know he did alt-country. There's a yeah, lot of right. new wave feeling to, to some of his earlier work, like this weird kind of new wave pub rock kind of thing going mm. on. So... I just didn't know he touched on so many genres and how, you know, he branched out so many times. And because of that, I did research on it. And, and I was talking to Chris about this. The one album I was genuinely interested in listening to is not on Spotify mm. from him. And it's called Almost Blue. And it, um, yeah. he, he talks about how country music is such a big influence on his life. In particular, George Jones is like his favorite musician uh, and favorite artist. So he did the album called Almost Blue, which is entirely country western songs. And there's even a warning label on it, and it says something along the lines of, "Warning: This album features entirely country western songs and could be taken or could be hazardous to those with narrow-minded viewpoints or something like that." So, yeah, I really want to listen to it too. It's very rock and roll, but at the same time, it's all like. George Jones and, and uh, Merle Haggard and stuff like that, which mm. is still rock and roll. Um, don't get me wrong, but uh, I just I really want to hear this album now. I need to go out and, and find it. So he he does not limit himself at no. all, and that's that's kind of been it's something I've always known about his his style and his kind of his personality and the way he approaches you know, music and life is something I I totally respect. But it's so it's so ballsy of a thing to do that I think I've always just been hesitant to really try and delve into his entire 40 year almost 40 year fucking history right. his discography when it's so 
varied, you know, and it's so just whatever he wants to do and there's no linearity to it. Um, and it's, it just seems like such a task to try and organize it all in my mind in, in a fashion where I can digest it properly. And I think that's, that's honestly the main reason I've never really tried to, to dive into it. But just listening to the list, you know, <clears throat> I was saying in one of the, one of the many pre-chats we, we did, <laughs> um, that it, um, on first listen when I was, I was doing like laundry, I kind of had it on in the background, you know, and I was like talking to Juliet or whatever. And I couldn't just, I could not get into it. Like I understood what was going on and I could not get into it. And I think I was in the wrong, uh, frame of mind. And then I was driving around and kind of listening to it properly later. And it like completely, every track, like completely struck a chord. Like I was like, yeah, you totally succeeded with this. And I was like cheering him on in like every track. And it was, this amazing turnaround for me, a real breakthrough for me that I think everyone should recognize. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, and especially, there was one track, and I, and I was saying earlier, I totally forget the, the name of it, but it was kind of like this crooner-style uh, piano lounge, sort of uh, like something you'd hear in like a film noir. And it was just beautifully done and completely spot on and ballsy as fuck to try and do and and I think that's when I heard that that's when I got that realization why he's so important is that he can not only say I'm gonna just do this fucking genre I'm just gonna do this experimental style you know just whatever the fuck I want to do I'm gonna try this um but he's like he pulls it off uh and that's so hard to do yeah yeah, <laughs> and I think the one thing that helps to his ability to just sort of fill any genre or just pull anything off that he attempts to is not only is he you know a great musician, a very talented musician. He was brought up in a musical family, but he's like a self-confessed uh, like music file, like audiophile, and he will go out of his way to like support any. I, he's played with everyone from like Kid Rock to Brian Eno to Tony Bennett to Paul McCartney. Uh, he man he married Diana Krall. Yeah, he plays with like he he loves everything about music. He, I don't yeah. think he thinks that there's any bad thing about music. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, that's tie into Joy of the Podcast because uh, he did an album with the Roots and then yeah. his album um, Omofuku or whatever it's called. Um, from like 2007, he did with uh, Jenny Lewis and her band. Mm-hmm. I'm performing most of the album, so there's some crossover to some other Static podcasts, which you can hear on our website, Static and Distortion at WordPress.com, mm. under the Static Podcast page. Static and Distortion at WordPress.com. I'm not repeating it. Oh, you totally should have. It would have been. It would have been our radio commercial, our AM radio commercial moment. <laughs> static and Distortion at WordPress.com. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. You're welcome. I'll check it out today. <laughs> but like, to even uh, to even bring it further, because we could probably tie him back to every artist we've almost talked about to this point. He's played with, with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it... he, he, he's he, like he's done so much. He's played with Green Day for Christ's sake. He's which haven't really all Green over Day, the place. He's played with them, but you know, and it, it, but that shows you too. It's not just him loving music and loving everything that's fucking out there it's it's these other bands having respect for for him and doing that too you yeah. know it's them saying yeah fucking come on and and join us for whatever 
you know I think he's built that sort of name for himself and maybe one of a dozen or so um, singular artists that have the decades worth of history that he does that still stand that test of time where that where, where he's still respected in the industry and you know we we did a Springsteen podcast you know and we've talked about Tom Petty before and uh, you know, like Bob Dylan, like how many artists can you name? And I think we talked about this even in our first podcast, um, episode zero rather, you know, like how many artists can you name that, that can stand the test of time like that over the decades and still maintain, you know, that, that steam and respect and by God, he is He's totally one of them. 40 years mm-hmm. in, in the music industry. <laughs> 9,400 like albums. Yeah, like he has 24 <laughs> albums of just him or him and the Attractions or him and the Imposters, and he has like six or seven collaborative albums. And that's not to mention all of the uh, like uh, tribute albums. Like he contributed to a Grateful Dead album, for fuck's sake. I mean, he is right. he's contributed to Fall Out Boy. He's been all over the fucking place. So as Chris said, it's awesome to see that artists all the way from you know Paul McCartney to newer artists are like, well, no, we need to get Elvis Costello on this, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, and she did that with Bring Back Jenny Lewis. He actually did a duet with her on um, Acetone yeah. um, for Carpetbaggers. He, 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 I think Jonathan Rice wrote the song, but he actually did the vocals for it instead of Jonathan Rice, which is cool, I guess. I mean, you know, it's, the, 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 I think the coolest one, um, one of my favorite YouTube clips out there, which I, I am quite the purveyor of YouTube clips, and um, there's one where... Uh, the police are playing um, it's like when they reunited in 2007-ish uh, they're playing some some show and they're doing Walking on the Moon uh, or no, 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 I'm sorry, they did um, Watching the Detectives, so Elvis Costello's playing, they're doing Watching the Detectives and the police are backing in, you know, Sting's playing bass everything's awesome, and then as soon as, as Watching the Detectives is over, they segue right into Walking on the Moon and it's freaking fantastic mm. like it just, it's just Seamless, how uh, kind of style songs, yeah. and they just they just flow together so perfectly. And it was it was just cool watching Elvis play with like Sting and you know Stuart Copeland and Andy Sumner, Summerman. They like, kind of came out the same era. They really started about the same time. And um, one of my favorite YouTube clips that's out there. It's from some VH1 show. And, you know, to to not to interrupt that line of thought, but you know, if I don't say it now, John, I never will. Ah, I've been so dramatic lately Um, Yeah, I'm not the biggest Sting fan uh, And I'm also not the biggest Police fan Um, I know it's easy to say I'm not a big Sting fan But I've really never gotten into the police And I have a long history of listening to the police My mom liked the police And it's not just one of those things Like I actually really respect my mom's taste in music and, And she's turned me on to a lot of bands um, but she's also always been into the the police, and I've just I've never been able to to dig that that sound that they produce, that style that they go for and 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 do so well. Um, so and it's it's so great that you bring this up because initially when I heard watching the detectives, it was like, ah, oh, this is the kind of song I don't like. <laughs> you know, it's this uh, like faux ska, faux reggae, that you know, with with a with, yeah. with a white boy singing, you know, and um. No, it's 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 good in all the right ways. Like he, and maybe it's just his confidence, or maybe it's kind of the risks he takes um, in the writing of that song or the delivery of the lines. But I ended up it ended up being one of my favorite uh, off that playlist, and and I have like this amazing respect for it. 
in the way that I've never felt about the police and Sting. <laughs> um, yeah, because my mom was very into the police and Sting, and that's where I got that appreciation. And I'm a huge police fan. I'm a tepid Sting fan. There's some stuff I like of his. Um, mostly I'm a police fan, and I think that's where we diverge there, Chris, where mm-hmm. we have so many similarities. Yeah. I, I adopted that from my mom. Well, it is funny, though, that we both, our mothers are both big police fans. But that is, yeah, that is, that is where we get, which, that's our separation point, where we, we go our own separate ways, in which I say no, and you say, and you just jack off all over a poster of Sting. <laughs> Pretty much. So, what does your mom think about James Taylor? <laughs> Sweet baby James. Stay away from my mom, John. <laughs> Real quick, because we're talking about Sting, I just want to, to put a little thing in here. Uh, I don't have anything against the police or Sting. I, I like them, I don't like them, whatever. They, they're, they're, I'm indifferent to them. But if anybody ever gets a chance to, on Frank Zappa's live album, Broadway the Hard Way, they do a cover of Murder by Numbers featuring Sting that they didn't rehearse he ran into sting in the hotel lobby earlier that day and then just invited him on stage at night and they played it and it's phenomenal go check it out never heard of that that's awesome yeah it's really really good no but going back to our last podcast you could totally put him up there with british pompous lead singers maybe zappa or quite Sting. Oh, no, Sting? I was like, Sting. fucking hell, don't, don't no, disrespect God, you, Frank no. Zappa. I'm I know I've already you. insulted, like, Weird Al and, like, all your other fucking childhood heroes, but Fra- Frank Zappa I have no problem with. <laughs> Zappa's the fucking man. I, ugh. I, I, I didn't Zappa. say anything bad about him. I was making a thing about Sting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I'm... Sting Sting. Is, yeah, he's, he's the worst. <laughs> but his Christmas album is so so. Oh bad. my god, it's awful! <laughs> it's so bad. I wanted it to be good too because that's the, you know, not to not to, you know, start talking about Christmas too soon. Um, but after I Labor Day. it is after yeah. I didn't want to. I I really rather really wanted to love that album because my favorite type of Christmas music is like the old English carols, mm-hmm. um, and I can listen to that shit all the time. Uh, year round and so when he's like yeah I'm doing these all these old English folk you know carols and that's going to be the album I was like fucking sweet boy it's so bad though (laughs) soul pink that's all I have to say man Ah. well he's your guy John so so you have yeah that's fine I won't do a sting show I promise thank you thank you he's off the list that's a not a long list of. We yeah. did do an Elvis Costello show, so we should probably get back to that. <laughs> oh right, yeah, no, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> so the one thing I'm I'm kind of upset. I'm not upset because it's a very very deep cut, but it's one of my personal favorite Elvis Costello songs. Um, there's a song he does by the name of Shipbuilding. It's from whatever album came out in 1982. And the only reason I know it was 1982 is because there was a war going on that he wrote about in 1982. So um, it's a fantastic song about the sending troops off to war and, and you know, the, the Royal Navy and everything like that. But it also feature, features a trumpet playing by Chet Baker. And I remember the first time I heard it, I was just blown away with... Uh, 
with not only the trumpet sound, but just Elvis Costello and his range of uh, songwriting capabilities. So go check out Shipbuilding as well. It's a fantastic song. And also the B side for that seven inch was Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight, which is hmm. uh, apparently Elvis Costello does jazz. So there you go. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yes. he, and he does well. Like he understands yeah, it. And, add and that it, to the list of shit that Elvis Costello does. <laughs> <laughs> It is, yeah. That I respect, but I I don't know as much about him as, you know, I probably should for as much as his his music I listen to. Why don't they get Elvis Costello to be like, fuck the guy who does the Dos Equis commercial. Get Elvis Costello to endorse your beer or your alcohol or whatever it is. Like, he's a suave cool dude and he is seriously one of the most interesting men in the world he, he is play but, everything he but knows, he is not everybody those commercials would have i tell you who's the demographic for those commercials would would literally just be hipsters <laughs> but i mean like but at the same time like they make up false false like these for, <laughs> he makes up they make up falsities for this gentleman he's like you know his pet is a tiger blah 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 and it'd be like elvis costello did did lsd with paul mccartney and tommy chong and elvis costello did this and did, and it's all true stories about elvis costello because he seriously is one of the most interesting fucking men in the world i would like it if it wasn't a beer commercial like if it was just like facts about elvis costello and it was just like a psa <laughs> about by elvis costello yeah. Corp or whatever it is. <laughs> paid for by people for elvis costello and his music <laughs> I'm Elvis Costello, and I proved this to I'm gonna, hey guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab another beer real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. What are you, what are you drinking tonight, Rob? I had, uh, I had some. I'm not gonna lie. I had leftover Bud Light with limes from when I went to Buffett. There's no shame in that. It wasn't the best. <laughs> I'm drinking leftover wine that my father-in-law left. Well, yeah, it's it's leftover is not it's not what you want, but it's free. <clears throat> hey, and it works. That's all yeah. that matters. So, I'm drinking Marcus Jacob Chardonnay. Ooh, who's Marcus Jacob? Where's his podcast? <laughs> he doesn't have one, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, I was gonna say I don't remember who it was with, but Elvis Costello got you know in somewhere in the '80s, early '80s, or maybe late '70s. He was in Cincinnati or Cleveland or somewhere in your great state of Ohio. And, you mentioned Ohio. And uh, he was in a hotel lobby bar talking with reporters, and they were, like, grilling him. Like, he had just played a show, and he just wanted to have some drinks and relax. And they were, like, sitting there continually just pestering him, asking him questions or whatever it is. And so after he said this he later went on the record to say i was trying to think of the most offensive thing i could possibly say in order to going. in order to end the conversation and he used the unforgivable word that you would call a black person in terms of ray charles and uh who else was it um oh i can't remember who else it was but right. he, uh, he just threw it out there and just went for it and then they left him alone and he ever since then has regretted it and he actually turned down the opportunity to work with Ray Charles because he felt so ashamed of what he had said that he couldn't look Ray Charles in the eyes that's so, right and then I mean, it doesn't really what's that and then he did an album with the roots yeah I'm, yeah so I, I'm pretty sure the roots 
knew what he was doing. Uh, Rage Charles even went on record saying, whatever you say when you're drunk isn't meant to be written in the paper. So Correct, yes. Yes, and that was in Columbus, Ohio, at the Holiday Inn Bar. There it is. Okay. Yeah, Thank it was. Oh, it, it was James Brown and Ray Charles. That's right. That's right. So, which is the first thing my friend Jason? Hi, Jason. First thing my friend Jason brought up when I mentioned how much I love the Elvis Costello and the Roots album. He goes, "Oh, he's finally making up his comments from 1978 or whatever it was." I was like, "Yeah, you're just making a joke. That's funny." Okay, because <laughs> that's what my friend Jason would do. He would. Do that. And did you guys know? Okay. That um, Elvis Costello's um, band, many of his original bandmates later went on to be the news, backing up Huey Lewis in the news. Fancy. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. I feel like at this point we're just reading his Wikipedia. I'm not. I closed it out. I closed it out because I'm trying to save fucking bandwidth here, unlike some people with bad connections. I think he may be referencing me. Are you referencing me? I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm just, I'm just, I come here every week to do a podcast just like everybody else. I'm working off of my, my notebook notes here, my friend. I I like to think you're working off of like a tablet notebook from like 2002. (laughs) (laughs) You're like speaking into it as you're reading it. That is my picture of how you do these podcasts now. Yeah, it's no problem. Uh, is it time to go? Is it time to go? Favorite Elvis Costello song? Favorite album? I already mentioned mine. Mine is Shipbuilding, Far yeah. Away. Mine is still uh, Peace, Love, and Understanding. I, I, well, I, I really like that song, and it's funny because I do, and we talk about this sometimes, but I do, you know, big fun mega mixes a couple times every year. Um, and way back in the day, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I used to do just, you know, whatever. Uh, 20 minute mixes you know whatever you could not 20 minute 20 track mixes whatever you could fit on an 80 minute cd uh same kind of concept and like one of my first was was peace love and understanding was on one you know and i would say like maybe 60 70 percent of that music i couldn't stand behind anymore because it was so long ago and i was into different things and uh most of it's shit <laughs> um but that is one i i heard it uh, again on on john's little you know, four minute playlist. And I was like, Oh, I'm glad this is the one track he put on here because this, this is really, really good. And it's a great message and it's really fucking catchy and it's really well performed and it's really heartfelt. And I, I still love it after all these years. I'd say my favorite Elvis Costello song is, um, I don't want to go to Chelsea. Mm. That's a great song. That is a, that's a very good song. I song so much. It's not even funny. And probably favorite album is My Aim is True. I really like his first album. It was quite good. You know, I was I was saying in, in um I think the second or third pre pre chat, um, that I compare his early work. Um and it's great because a few years back he released that, you know, you know, greatest hits of the first ten years or whatever. And so much of it does sound um not influenced by, but in this, certainly in the same vein as like Bruce Springsteen or as right. Tom Petty. And if you could get Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty to sing any one of those like now famous, like you've seen these in romantic comedies and trailers songs that he did in, in his early career, um, like without skipping a beat, you could just insert them as, as lead vocalist and it would sound like they wrote the song, um, which is kind of interesting. He has this kind of Americana rockabilly sensibility about him at the start of his career. Uh, not unlike so many other artists at that time, you know, Rod Stewart and 
people who've later gone on to suck hardcore. <laughs> um, but he's he's gotten to be so much more well-rounded and, and, and branch out so much from that original sound. And I personally, um, as much as I know his early hits, like I think everybody does, you know, maybe they don't attribute them to Elvis Costello, but as much as I know them, um, I do prefer his his later stuff. You know, his more, his I guess his more branched out, his more, um, you know, I don't want to say experimental, but you guys know what I mean. That that sort of stuff more. Right, right. We're just taking on other genres and things like that. Right? Yeah. I can see why you would think that. That makes mm. sense. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. I mean that the nicest way possible. I only took it in a nice way, but now I'm questioning it. <laughs> <laughs> and I freaking love the out of that album was just, that just worked for me and because I'm a, I'm a huge Roots fan I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan that was just I didn't know that that was even happening until the album was released so it was just such a surprise and a joy that I I so that's I think that's the most recent album he put out uh, no he had an album well it, overall I believe that is actually like a collaborative album he had a, his own like solo album come out in like 2010 or 11 yeah that's true so, it's good though, though the wise up goes. I listened. To, I think I told you last time I um, picked it up, uh, but hadn't really listened to it yet. And I, I've since listened to it, and it's it's just it's satisfying. I guess is a good word I use for it. You know, it hits all the notes that you wanted to hit. You know, it doesn't do anything, you know, stupid. I guess, and not that I would expect it to be, but usually when you get like these interesting, interesting collaborations, the potential for just stupid shit happening on the album is is almost inevitable and on this one uh you know while i might not you know particularly want to throw on just any track all the time every every day um there's nothing stupid on that album like it all clicks it's all good and it's all like refreshingly good it is that's true i could i I could do music reviews if i really wanted to but i don't (laughs) Uh, going through, I was telling this to Chris as well. Check out uh, the Juliet Letters. It's uh, Costello with a string quartet, and it's uh, it's a nice change. Yeah, that it's I do want to check out. Yeah, when yeah, you mentioned it's, that, it's an interesting kind of take he does on his music. So, is that the recommend. one that's not on Spotify? No, uh, Almost Blue is the country western coverage that he did. That's not on Spotify. The in Juliet rainbows, Letters in is, rainbows is his one. In that rainbows, he didn't. also, yeah. <laughs> Radio, the Radiohead Elvis to Costello collaboration we've all been waiting for. <laughs> don't you fucking lie, because I, I bet you any, or don't you joke, I bet you anything in the next year and a half it'll be like, we're going to work with Elvis Costello. On blah, 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 blah. I, you know, he might be, York might be one of the only artists that I think would turn down working with Elvis Costello. Like, I could even see What's His Fuck from Coldplay doing something. Oh, he would totally do it with Elvis. Yeah, he would do it with Elvis Costello. But, uh... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. But, <laughs> but, um... Tom York? No, yeah, probably not. He would probably just, uh... I don't know. Maybe he would sample something from Elvis Costello and just ruin it forever. <laughs> you know, for the sake of art. <laughs> yes. I use all that. That's so accurate. So... Uh, do we want to dole out some uh, dinosaur junior spoons this week? We want to dole yeah, out some spoons. Yeah, I think we can. We can. We can definitely do some spoons. Well, no, actually, I don't think we should do spoons for Costello, and I'll tell you why. Um, is because I think it should be 
as as fictional as this whole system is, I think it should be proportionate to the artist's career. So, band that's been around since the seventies. You want to hand out some police? That's how <laughs> many police are you going to give? Okay, this is going to be very <laughs> you. According to both of you, no, according to you, Chris, you hate the police. Yeah. So it's going to have to be like an inordinate, like just overwhelming amount of police that you're going to have See? to give out just to equal. I know what I'm. I know what I'm going to do with this. Police. Don't worry. Don't worry. It can't be police because the police technically the police were only active from like seventy eight to eighty four. Or something like that. Mm. So, no, bullshit on, on the police. We can't give them police. No. Sorry, sorry, John. Didn't mean to offend your sensitive sensibilities there. Yeah, no, I, I, I disagree. It's got to be something <laughs> else. Tom Petty's. Let's give him Tom okay, Petty's. Okay, Tom Petty's. I'm, I think I Tom Petty's. I with Tom Petty's. All right. Uh, I'm going to give him... Uh, I'm going to give him at least... I'm going high here, like 14 Tom Petty's. Mm. Dude, what? Oh, I was 14 Tom Petties. <laughs> Dude, I'm okay. On a scale okay. of 1 to 10, I was going to give him 14 Tom Petties because I think <sighs> he's actually better than Petty. Because you got to factor in not only his musicality, but also like his persona and his contributions to music and everything like that. Like, he scales over Petty. Like, I love Petty, but if I had to choose between going to a Petty concert and a Costello concert, I would probably go to a Costello concert. I would choose, I would choose a Costello concert as well, but I don't. You just words out of my mouth. So I gotta give him at least like fourteen petties. Fourteen petties it is. I agree. Get a room, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you're still getting great on a police scale. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him negative fourteen police. <laughs> <laughs> you, I teach you a little. <laughs> now I'll give him. I'll give him a solid nine dinosaur juniors. Okay. I'd give him. I'd give him. And 11, 11 Tom Petties, but that's on a sliding scale. I'd give him. I'd give him actually eleven dinosaur juniors if we were going to the dinosaur junior scale. Well, I'm not. Okay. But you just did. I went off the police scale. That's you not give a him scale. a negative we, fourteen we police. Determine that's an illegitimate scale. You, you can determine whatever so, you want, well, but this Chris is still a Chinese democracy, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Well, you know, believe uh, it or so not, yeah. we are at the mark for um, about the time where we would talk about what we've been listening to. Somehow, we were able to talk about Elvis Costello for for that long um, with his we little. Practice. Didn't even need Tom. No, it would yeah, have been nice though. Much. It would have been nice, but he's in the middle of some sort of fantastic orgy. Well, with Flynn and Jason. Yeah. Who shall remain I... nameless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I meant to ask you because Shen, you bought your ticket to the block party, correct? Correct. And, and I, I have my, my friend Dave. I hope that was cool. I Dave is cool. Dave. Uh, I'm bringing my friend Margaret. Christopher, cool. where yeah. are you on this? I don't have friends, so I guess I can't go. Fucking hell! Just when is it? Ten dollar. It's September twentieth. Ten dollar freaking show. You better show up, or I'm gonna unfriend you on can Facebook. You, with, can you with, buy like, tickets taxes? at the door or whatever? I don't know. I usually taxes it's like thirteen bucks. If I could buy a tickets at the door, then I'll go with you guys. You want me to buy you a ticket? Just have I, no, because I don't know when. It, okay, hold on. I can do this. I have technology. I can actually look at my calendar and see if I'm free. 
If I'm just have Shen buy you a ticket, and then when you get to the door, you can give Shen your money, and it'll be like you're buying a <laughs> ticket at the door. And if and if you don't show up, and I'm out of ticket, it's fine. Crap. It's, so it's really not that bad. It's 20th, like a meal. Twentieth, I am free after six p.m. The doors That's open perfect. at four. <laughs> so there you go. When you can't yeah it, you're, it, that way you'll miss like Cayucas and I think Unknown Mortal Orchestra which it's not the end of the world at least you catch the, the two main bands the Breeders and Down the Get Down State so yeah I, I, I talked to my friend Dave the other day and I just buy them and I was like I hope that's cool of Robert but you know what yeah no that's fine I met, this cool. is the same Dave from uh, from all the blues yeah, yeah he's cool and that's what he, he said what did he how did he describe you when, when me and Robert were going for sure and maybe Chris and, and he goes, Robert, Robert, is he the guy with, and I forget, oh, he called you, is he the guy with Father John Misty Beard? Mm. I said, yes, that's the guy. Yeah. So, Father John yeah, Misty Beard. Dave's cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chris, get there. Oh, I don't want to drive up there and meet you guys halfway through a concert. That's. So, you're just not going to go? I, if I can't go to the whole concert, I'd rather I'd rather not go. I bet we could replace Chris with Hutch at this concert. Easily. I'm easily <laughs> replaceable. <laughs> so, we'll have to talk to Hutch and see if he's available to go. Yeah. Um, what have you guys been listening to lately? Uh, you could do, like, totally do a mini-cast from that. That'd be you, so awesome. You could. I'm not going to want to do a mini-cast. I'm going to want to watch the Breeders, and I'm going to want to watch the other bands. I'm going to want to drink some beer from, from Goose Island Brewery. Exactly. We should get Goose Island to sponsor. Oh, what's everybody drinking tonight, by the way? We forgot to do this last time. We, we talked about that. We were gone. We've moved on. You missed it. Did I totally miss it? Oh, man. You did. What Robert are you drinking? drinking Bud like lime. Bud like lime? Yeah. I've been drinking Dutch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I've been drinking Chardonnay throughout the whole show. I've had like half a bottle of Chardonnay. What about you, Christopher? I am drinking the last thing in my Sam Adams variety pack, which is a Blueberry Hill lager. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, well, that's the last one in there, so. It's like I got fucking citrus beers in my fridge. That's all I got. I, mean, I go shopping tomorrow. I'm going to pick up, like, the IPA-est motherfucking beer they got. <sighs> Fuck IPA. I'm done with that. Do you not like IPA? Really? I used to be all about the IPA, but then I realized... Oh, we can't make a proper beer. Just shove a shit ton of hops in it. And we'll call it an IPA, and people will drink it. Not show every me, nah, not everybody show does me though. Something else that you can do. Show me you could do a proper black lager or a wheat beer or something else or a saison, and then you know like a, a rye. Well, there are and then there I'll are companies to... out there that do, uh, you know, different types of beer, IPAs being one of them, and are still good. And there are also companies that specialize in IPAs, and you, and you know when you have a good IPA is the thing. It's like anything else. You know, it's not an... I don't like IPAs. <laughs> not everybody. Is is that I know most... it's an unpopular opinion. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying that I've most breweries are like... I've never acquired. Yeah, just, I don't know. Just, yeah, I'm done with IPAs. Wow. It's like every time, and no matter what, what beer I say, it's never going to be good enough for you guys. Well, I'm going to be drinking my IPAs alone. Thank you. Well, that is the Bud Light Lime. Yeah, 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 co yeah, coming from the guy who's drinking fucking, you know. Bud Light Lime because yeah. it was the only thing I had left over from Buffett. <laughs> How was the Buffett show, by the way? Did we talk um, about this already? We didn't. We, we, we glanced over it. The 
the tailgating was fun. That's the only reason I go mainly for the tailgating. I always have a blast when I do that. Um, it rained there, so a little bit more subdued than normal. Um, the show itself wasn't terrible. Uh, it was a Jimmy Buffett show. It was what you expect. So we left like six songs into it just to get back in time to go to bed. So that was about it. Sounds like a blast. <laughs> Mainly, the, I'm not even lying. The main reason I go every year is because of the tailgating. The tailgating is absolutely awesome. There's great drinks. There's great company. Um, great food. You just walk around. And you see some of the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life. And like then there's Burning also Man. what? Like Burning Man. No, this is a way more subdued Burning Man. I want to go to Burning Man. I would probably die, but I don't think I, I want to go do, to Burning Man. I don't think I could do Burning Man. Yeah. I don't know what Burning Man is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're kidding, man. Ohio John Burger. <laughs> so, seriously, Miami. What the fuck is everyone listening to? <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Ryan Adams. Uh, yeah, his new uh, album was in it called like 1984 came out. What? It's called Ryan Adams. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what was the 1984 thing? That's something Ryan. else. No, I know what he's talking about. That's that's something, something else. The the I'm new album. That... I'm, I'm not a huge Ryan Adams fan, so I can't speak no, eligibly on him. No, that's fine. Uh, but his new his new self titled album is coming out and. Uh, it's just recently been put up uh, first listen on on NPR, and I haven't checked it out because I'm still not sure, much like the new Tweety album, if I want to just wait for the full album's release and then do it properly, or if I want to uh, do it like I did with like the whole love and just like do it all in one sit through, you know, streaming from the site. Um, might just do it that way. But I've been listening to a lot of like his. Um, the solo stuff, you know, to kind of get myself in the in the mood for a lot of Ashes and Fire, actually, because it's one of my favorite albums, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I've said before, I'm a pretty huge Ryan Adams fan. Outside of that, though, because everybody does know Ryan Adams, um, I was telling Robert last time, but I forgot to mention on the podcast, I've been kind of semi listening to this little French duo called Freedom Fry. Which most yeah. like, like Rock the Light is both the best, both the best and worst band name of all time, um, coming from a French band. Um, but they're kind of you know they have that. Uh, it kind of sounds like French pop, honestly. You know, it's like what's that? It, they sound like slow club to me, which I, mm. I like slow, and I and I liked what I've heard of Freedom Prize because I stalk your what you've been playing on oh did oh is that where okay interesting um yeah no i think the more i listen to them the the more i dig them um and i like their style and you know uh it's they're 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 good um but they don't have a lot out there you know they don't have a full fucking ep i don't think i think they have like a couple like five or six track lps and then and then just singles you know so it's hard to even tell people to go get their shit because random releases here and there but when they do it it's it's fun you know and it's good and it's usually you know offer them and what have you okay random pride so, I listen to um, I don't even know how to say his name Jay Masis the guy oh yeah dinosaur junior actually he has a new acoustic album out oh does he oh shit yeah. I need to check that out his last one was really good it's, it's it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, this one's pretty good, too. 
And I'd heard a few of the songs a couple of months ago on, on SoundCloud. They were just kind of floating around. Sub Pop put them out on, on SoundCloud. And then his album dropped, I think, this week. So, um, that's worth checking out. The, the yeah. Mesa's album. Um, it's, it's acoustic. It's good. And I recommend it. I give it, I give it 10 Dinosaur Juniors. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking better. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm absolutely going to check that. I didn't, I didn't know that was out at all. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his called tied to a star okay. and then i've also been listening to a crap load of arcade fire because i went to arcade fire last week mm. awesome and i'm still you know coming on off the high from that um i saw freaking devo um open for arcade fire which was also awesome so good show good deal very nice very nice and and that that my friends puts us at time we're just going to glance over what I've been listening to. Okay. I don't. Right. I, you said so you went to fucking Jimmy podcast. Buffett. You said you went to Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> and I assume that's all you've been listening to. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> Sorry, oh, no. Robert. What have you been it's listening okay. to? No, I don't know. I'm sure it's really good. Uh, we'll find out next. Yeah, pretty much. We also forgot so. to say what, what, what <laughs> no. Jen's been listening to. So. I don't know what Jen. Well, I just made Jen a mega mix because she has a 10 hour drive. A ten-hour drive. I think tomorrow she's going on. So I made her a playlist, and basically I just combined my best of or my favorite songs from 2010 through 2014 playlist, and it came out to ten hours and 30, 29 minutes. So mm. like that again, another half-assed playlist. Enjoy. Very nice. So, uh, or do we want to announce what we're doing next week, or are we just gonna leave it here and? What are we doing next week? Yeah, what are we doing next week? I don't know. It's Who's my tur- pick next week. Oh, well, then you should probably know. Yeah, you're responsible. Uh, yeah. It's a split decision right now between uh, uh, this instrumental group by the name of Do Make Say Think or <sighs> a, uh, or I was going to do uh, Deftones. I'll let you guys pick. What do you want to do, Deftones, or you want to hear this instrumental kind of jazz band? from Canada called Do Makes a Think. I vote Canada instrumental. Okay. Because I'm unfamiliar with them. I'd rather get into it. I like that doing that thing where I just like go completely dive into the deep end on a new artist and, and see what my first impression is and, you know, give me the course of a week. What do I think, you know? Okay. John? I vote Deftones. Deftones? Flip a coin. Uh, I will flip a coin here. Yeah, uh, I here. I got it right here. What kind of coin you got? Better be I'm a fucking Canadian quarter. Are you gonna flip I'm gonna your flip phone? My phone here. That's smart. Yeah, <laughs> the smartphone. So, uh, a flip. Here we go. Ready? Jesus. It's Deftones. Damn it. Yes. So. <laughs> Take that. Well, I'll listen to the other band anyway, and that's who I'll talk about. No, because I want to do a full-on episode on Do Make Say Think, and I can always do Deftones later, so you kind of pique my interest. I'm going to do Do Make Say Think. I'm executive override. Yay! In your face, John. We're going to do them both anyway, so... Why don't we just do one episode for both of them? No. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) No, we need to give them the proper respect. That's true. Robert deserves as much respect as anyone. And in that... In that vein, go listen to Benjamin Booker, who's what I've been listening to lately. That's Benjamin true. Booker. I, I need to check that out. I have not yet. Yeah. Also, likewise. go check out the new Savages album. It's really good. I think it's a movie, The Savages. 
Bert, were you the guy that told me to listen to Swans? Oh, Swans. That new album is fucking fantastic. Oh, I just saw them on some. Oh, they were on Listen to This. I didn't. I didn't check out their thing though. They had a thing on Listen uh, to This. It's it's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal album. It's really good to listen to though. Okay. So, and they're not like Swan. No, okay. not at all like Swan. Okay. That's good. That's they're a like plus Swan, right there. Swan. Yeah. <laughs> I like Swan though. Of course you do because you like you. You know you've given you've given so many blowjobs to Billy Corgan. Over the course really? of this, <laughs> except I even with that, I still couldn't take his solo album. The I thought you were race. about to say that even was... with that, I couldn't take his load. Metaphorically <laughs> 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 uh, speaking, um, um, I could not take it. Yeah, could take it all. No, it was it, that, that album. It just it sucked. just doesn't stop, and it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy Corgan just became the Peter North of the Static Distortion <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Yeah. Uh, and for the Static and Distortion podcast, I'm Robert. I'm John. I'm John. Oh and, no, I'm John. Fuck. <laughs> I'm Robert. And I'm Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Have a good night. And I'm, and I'm Carol. I'm okay. Carol. <laughs> <laughs>